Connecting life and faith. This is Connections. Welcome to Connections. I'm Colleen Hood with Mike Tom. This week is National Nursing Week. Today's guest is a registered nurse and now the public health lead for Trinity Western University in British Columbia. A decade after helping to fight the cholera epidemic in Haiti, Taryn Lepp now brings a greater knowledge base and clinical expertise to help a university community of 5,000 students plus 800 faculty and staff navigate a pandemic. Taryn says that being a nurse has been an active example of loving God and loving others. Today on Connections, Taryn will share with us her favorite part about nursing and what it's been like to be a Christian and to be a nurse. She'll also share with us a little bit more about that experience she had in Haiti fighting the cholera epidemic. We'll hear that and so much more today on Connections. We're joined today by Taryn Lepp. She is a registered nurse, now the public health lead at Trinity Western University. Tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into nursing. You know, that's a, <laughs> that always feels like a big, a big question. Who am I and how did I get here? I, I, well, I live on the West Coast. I'm currently in South Surrey, which is just um, outside of Vancouver. And I uh, am married and I have uh, had my first baby in this season of COVID actually. So um, it's been a big year in this last actually 16 months. And I, when I think about how I got here and um, how I got into nursing, you know, the interesting thing is it um, was a very impulsive decision. Um, I had not anticipated going into nursing. I don't come from a family of nurses as many nurses do. Um, and so I was 16, I was at summer camp and I met a nurse who just seemed to have the most interesting job, had done a lot of different things, used her skills in different ways, had done a lot of travel. Um, and she, at the same time, kind of said to me, like, I think you'd, you'd like this, you should try it. And at the exact same time, I was away at summer camp. This was right before I went into grade 12 my mom ran into an old friend out here and they were raving about Trinity Western University's nursing program. And so when I got home and I said, I'm thinking about nursing and my mother who worked at a different university out here and had been banking on me going to college for a very low price, low (laughs) price tag went, shoot, I guess God maybe is trying to tell us something. (laughs) And So I started to look uh, into nursing and kind of made this real impulsive decision to go down a path I hadn't anticipated. And I've never really looked back. And I'm so thankful for the opportunities that nursing has given me. I um, have certainly done all of those things that that nurse told me I could do with my career. And that really started right from being a student. Um, I think a lot about nursing students in my career. I have done a lot of work with nursing students, um, but that's where we all start. And when I think of the fact that this week is um, Nurses Week, um, it's an amazing thing to be mentored in a profession and to be brought into a really phenomenal history of people who serve um, and serve as a team and who are given the opportunity to combine so many different skills because nursing is unique in that. It's not just clinical assessment. um, It's people skills. It's working with your colleagues. It's being able to translate information for different learners and and different patient groups. It's such a dynamic and exciting profession. And and it starts as a a student. And here I am 12 years later, 
talking on the radio, a whole new experience <laughs> for me. Um, and having gone through a, a season of a lot of change in my own personal life, but also being able to see how in the midst of all of that kind of crazy, God has just continued to use me. And I think also for me to just grow and learn. So it's, it's exciting. And, and that feels like a very, um, it feels like just yesterday I was a student and at the same time, a long time ago. <laughs> now you mentioned a 12 year career. It's taken you some interesting places like Haiti and other areas. Tell us a little bit, some of those highlights and what that was like. Yeah, I am. Um, I, you know, Haiti was really early on in my nursing career. I was in Haiti um, in fall of 2010. And uh, it's interesting. I, Again, not really on my radar. I was, um, I'd done some traveling uh, through college and um, was really interested at the time. I started in pediatric acute care. So I worked with sick kids in a kind of inner city hospital here in the lower mainland and was looking for opportunities to explore a career in uh, pediatric trauma. And so that was kind of the the impetus to start looking for different opportunities. And I wasn't looking to go to Haiti, but again, kind of connections of a connection ended up um, traveling down there, um, was really interested after the earthquake. I had not really known a lot about Haiti growing up and then began to run into all these people who were involved down there. And so um, as a result, I landed in September of 2010 in Haiti. On the day, I believe that cholera was declared as an epidemic by the World Health Organization. And so I had planned the trip kind of in the six weeks prior, thinking I would be going down to do kind of general mobile medical clinics, basic assessment, um, providing on the ground remote medical care, um, not anticipating being involved in an epidemic <laughs> of, of quite significant proportions. And it was a huge turning point in my career. It, um, it was a... Haiti is this amazing place and it is this catch all of trauma and beauty. And it is a people that are so uh, challenged with some of the things that are around them in their um, political sphere, in their healthcare system, in their, you know, they see, I mean, while I was there, there was a hurricane, they'd already had an earthquake, like they face all these challenges and yet they're this incredibly welcoming group and they are so excited about life in so many ways and and it was such a juxtaposition to face all of that in the midst of a deadly epidemic and so yeah it was not what I expected um but it and it was incredibly challenging I I won't gloss over that there was a lot of upheaval in the country and there were people dying it was um what you see in the movies is what I used to tell my students when I would teach later on in my career. And yet at the same time, it was also so much of the basic assessment skills and triage and things that every nurse does every day in their job to some degree. And it was fascinating to also see how, um, you know, in times of crisis, we all respond differently. And that was really early on in my career where I realized I do pretty well in crisis. And I think I, I also discovered the fact that I was able to use the skills that I had in kind of baby amounts and start to um, grow in that. And, and that God was faithful when I found myself unable to navigate a situation, he would 
you'd place people in my path and Haiti was no different than that. Um, amazing doctors and amazing researchers and other nurses and um, all sorts of different personnel. I was there with Samaritan's Purse and we worked with a whole bunch of different NGOs and just the way in which we were able to navigate that space um, with as much success considering a, a high death rate, like considering it was hard and it wasn't working every day and you were forced to make decisions I certainly never anticipated making in my career, let alone, you know, the first 15 months of my 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 professional life. So it certainly um, gave me a lot of skills and, and gave me an experience and an appreciation for the fact that um, what we now call kind of um, trauma-informed care, where you serve people in light of what's happened to them and also what that means as the healthcare provider, what's happened to you um, and what you've seen. And that can be a strength and it can also be a great um, challenge for yourself. And um, Haiti was a really phenomenal experience for me to realize that I had to always be monitoring my own health and my own wellness in order to um, be able to do my job to the best of my ability. I couldn't sweep that um, under the rug. I couldn't say this was really painful and seeing um, what happened today, some of those experiences. You know, I remember the first time I um, prepared um, a corpse, I prepared a dead body um, and doing that in the middle of the dirt and doing that with people watching and experiencing a very a first for me and yet having to be a professional and feeling like I had to kind of tamp down that emotion. And I remember um, crying like, and doing everything I could to not have anybody see that and having a really seasoned member of the Samaritan's Purse staff kind of just come up behind me and bring me something that I needed and just say really quietly, you're doing great. Just keep doing what you're doing. And, and he just kind of kept going. He had 7,000 other things to do. But in that quiet, quiet moment, just reminding me again that I could do this, that I was where I was supposed to be, but I think also validating that experience. And that's happened a lot in my career where people have kind of walked up and quietly given me the encouragement or the direction, um, what, what I should do and where I should go next. And, you know, when I think back of the fact that I left Haiti and many of those people helped me navigate my um, kind of next steps, ironically, I ended up going back to um, study with some of them at Johns Hopkins University to get my master's degree a few years later and eventually transitioned into a career in public health because I learned to value that population community healthcare approach that I really hadn't paid any attention to in school. <laughs> and so it was a really formative experience and would kind of trigger a number of other um, exciting moments in my career that ultimately would land me ironically right back where it all started at Trinity Western <laughs> University, which definitely wasn't on my radar at that point. What is it like to be a nurse and to be a Christian nurse? Yeah, you know, it's funny. I don't, I, I don't ever separate the two. Like it, nursing is one of those professions that I actually think, um, you don't really have to do that. At least in my experience, it just feels so ingrained in me. The two of them, they're, they're just fundamentally in there in my soul. And I think, um, when I think of what a nurse is, it's somebody who, whether they realize it or not, maybe is really the, 
the hands and feet of Jesus. You're serving people. Um, we're called to love God and love others. And I've never struggled um, to do that in the sense of feeling like I could always um, do both at the same time. It doesn't come without challenge or hardship or um, scenarios where you are asked to take um what's happening in the world and maybe what's happening um, in a patient's life or in a, a healthcare setting that kind of pushes back against um, your own faith and where you have to navigate some of those issues because that's definitely present in healthcare. Um, but being a Christian, I think what I have found most helpful in my nursing career is that I have a source of, of, why? Why am I here doing what I'm doing? But why am I facing something that seems really bleak potentially, or seems like it isn't in line with, with where I think we should be or where my faith would say? And, you know, those are some big issues. You know, we talk about lots of things in healthcare um, that, that Christians navigate from a faith base that not everybody else does. But the great thing is, I think, um, that's what Jesus asks us to do. He asks us to bring to him the things that are hard and the things we don't understand. And he um, asks us to trust him with that. And thankfully in my career at the hardest points, and I can think of a few um, situations where I was placed in kind of an ethical conundrum. And in most cases, I have just said to God, what is it that you want me to do in this moment? How do you want me to serve? And sometimes the answer has been a bit surprising. It has been your job has, is to walk alongside this patient who's navigating something you maybe wouldn't do the same, but I'm asking you to be present. And I'm asking you to pray um, every time you walk in that room inside, what, what, is the, what are the words you want um, spoken to this person? How can you encourage them? And it's been interesting because in a lot of cases, those hardest moments, whether it's it's at some point in the process, whether it's a family member of the patient or it's a team member that I work with, at some point has come back to me and said, you know, I really value that you brought this, whether it was the conversation about faith, you know, in the lunchroom or whether it was just that kind of quiet um, support. And, and so I feel like God walks into, in with me into every room, into now every Zoom call. <laughs> every time I pick up the phone, you know, working with COVID, it's very um, phone and remote based, but I still feel he's there with me in every single one of those conversations. And so it feels very intertwined and, 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 and wonderful, actually, in many ways, I think. Um, one of the joys of coming back to Trinity has been that I actually get to unpack some of that a little bit more, certainly not something that we do in a secular workplace. And, and, and I'm comfortable with that. I'm okay with that. I've never um, been asked to hide the fact that I was a Christian in my work environment outside of Trinity, but I do recognize there's been a real joy to unpack some of this in this different environment where I get asked these kinds of questions by students, by faculty, by staff. And, and so that's been a really wonderful experience, particularly in this last season. You are speaking of COVID in this season that we're in, you're heading up Trinity Western's response to COVID. You have over 5,000 students there. What's it been like to navigate this? Yeah. You know, again, I, um, I do think back to that like 22 year old girl that was in Haiti in the middle of a dirt field trying to navigate, 
you know, hundreds of patients all desperately needing kind of trauma care and urgent care. And this has felt so similar in many ways. It's just like you said, it's a different environment. I'm not in a developing country. I'm not in a foreign country to myself. Um, I'm in my backyard. The numbers are big. You know, we're a 5,000 person university. So I often say we're kind of like a small town. So anything that you've seen or experienced yourself in this pandemic season, we've experienced because that's pretty typical for a post-secondary institution where people live, learn, work, and play all in the same space. And, um, you know, we, we certainly have not been immune from COVID as a community, um, but that's, again, something to be expected. I think the experience that I've had at Trinity has been um, a lot of work, a lot of long days, um, but I will say it's been really positive. I think um, as a community, we have really worked well together and, and well together doesn't mean everything goes great all the time. And that's something that I think um, with more eyes on public health, I have felt a bit of pressure to try and always um, say we're successful, meaning that everything's going perfectly. Everybody's doing what they're supposed to be doing. Um, and I really realized it in this last 16 months that um, in a lot of ways going things going well mean we're all working together and we're all bringing our questions and our concerns and our ideas and we're um, doing that with this lens of our population health at the university and we also really value being good stewards to our larger community and so it's been really wonderful to see our students and our staff and faculty look for ways in this season to continue to serve and to um, reach out to the organizations and to the municipality and say what can we do other than just continuing to try to um, uh, reduce the risk of transmission, which is that classic public health goal that I constantly talk about. Um, but, you know, how can we walk alongside people that are vulnerable, people that are at risk, people that are struggling on so many different levels and, and, and adjusting and adapting? This has been a tough season for universities as we've moved to largely online um, education delivery. And yet I've really seen people lean into that. And I've seen the fact that that's been really hard and, and watching people navigate, navigate that with grace has been a, an immense privilege for me in this role. And on the days where I have felt like, I just don't know what's going to happen next in our pandemic out here in British Columbia and wh where are we going to go and how do I help recommend and preemptively anticipate what to do and what comes next. I've just really been encouraged by the fact that I've watched so many people do that in, in ways alongside me. And so um, there are days when that 5,000 person team uh, feels like a team and days where it has felt a little bit daunting that number, but um, it has been, a uh, um, yeah, it's been, it's been fascinating. It's been a privilege. It's been hard. Um, and, and at the same time, I think, the public health professional in me is somewhat um, excited about the fact that people are talking about issues that I care passionately about. How do we protect the most vulnerable? How do we look at um, all the contributing social determinants of health that make a person vulnerable to risk and, and all of these pieces? And so at the beginning, I said it was kind of like the public health Olympics. That got old about six weeks in, but I, I would say that it, um, 
it, it certainly has not been um, a negative experience, albeit incredibly difficult. And I, um, there have been, I had having a 16 month old, I had my first baby in January of 2020, about three weeks before this all started. And at one point I had to stop blaming the loss of sleep on her, but um, the, it, um, it, it, it's been, it's really just been the career moment um, for sure of the last decade, I guess you could say, but certainly I think in some ways it feels a little bit like the cherry on top of the career I've already had. It's um, it's a difficult season for nurses. I think nursing is always a difficult job likely, but it's been really tough the last 14 months. How do you think we could pray for nurses? Wow. Yeah. You know, I work um, in a university we work with, um, we have a, a wellness center, so we have a full set of about 10, uh, 10 to 12 nurses. Some of them are part-time, some of them are full-time. They all have different other jobs. They work with us at different amounts of um, uh, days of the week, essentially, and, and at different times. We, we have nurses that work in frontline care and, and nurses that work in the community. I think, I think the, the way I would ask people to pray for nurses is, is to think about the fact that nurses are more than just their role. And so many of us are trained with extensive backgrounds and experience and even new nurses, students who have, you know, a smaller amount of training. We've been given tools for how to navigate our jobs. Um, COVID in this season has challenged some of those tools because there aren't always enough of them in the face of crisis like this. And so that's that's a challenge, but I think many of the nurses that I speak to talk about the fact that they they are more than just their job, and their job is now overtaking so much of their life. And so there's this need for, I think, prayer for just us as people navigating our own um, lived experience through a pandemic that is 24-7 for us because it's in our jobs and it's in our home lives. I say, you know, I don't, COVID is something I get asked about, you know, whether it's my family asking me, my friends asking me, my, it's, it's all over my workplace. There's not a call I get on that two people don't ask me about COVID and what do I do here? And I just have one question. It, it overtakes everything. And I think if I could ask for anything for myself, it would be, you know, prayer for the fact that I too am experiencing this. And so anything that you would pray for, for yourself, we need to. And sometimes I think as nurses, people see us in our uniforms or they see us in our role and they forget that that isn't just who we are. And so I think that in this season would be incredibly powerful if, if, the communities around these healthcare professionals could pray for them as people as much as in their role and the trauma that they, that we all undoubtedly are experiencing, whether that's big T trauma or small T trauma. Um, it, it's going to be, it's going to take us all some time to probably process what we've seen and what we've experienced and what we've been asked to do, but that doesn't just affect our professional life. It affects our our home life and our families. And so prayer for both sides of us as people would be great. Thank you so much for sharing with us today. Yeah, real pleasure to talk to you and hear about your work and how we think of nurses in our lives. Thank you so much. I really appreciate the opportunity. It's, um, It's always a pleasure to try and put a spotlight on this profession that I've just been so lucky to be a part of. And thank you so much for listening today. Don't forget to subscribe. We'll talk to you again on Connections.